Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there, friendly S&T banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At S&T Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. S&T Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, it's... uh kicking off hour number two here i thought we would do a little uh a little fantasy football draft you up for that yeah let's do it um i'm trying to get one loaded here my uh my hotel room my uh internet is not the swiftest um but uh, i'm trying to get one up here let's see you said i mean nfl draft right nfl draft yes we're gonna do a little a little mock drafting here why not we've we've seen some Senior Bowl practice, and uh, let's let's see what we can come up with here. I'm actually using the uh, ProFootballNetwork.com's mock draftable here, so a little different. Not we're not going to use the uh, the one on um, Pro Football Focus today. So we're coming up here on our pick at 20. We got a couple of trade offers. Um, I'm going to reject reject those right now. Um, we're not trading at this point. So in one uh, number one was Caleb Williams, Drake May second, Marvin Harrison third. Joe Alt fourth, uh, Fashanu fifth, Dallas Turner sixth, Malik Neighbors seventh, Terrian Arnold eighth, Kool Aid McKinstry ninth, Jaden Daniels went ten, uh, Cooper DeGene at eleven, Brock Bowers wow. twelve, uh, Leitu Latu uh, went thirteen, Adunzier went fourteenth, Jerzon Newton fifteenth, Chop Robinson sixteenth. Nate Wiggins, 17, Keon Coleman, 18th, and J.C. Latham uh, went 19th to the Rams. And we are on the board here, or on the clock at 20. Uh, Verse is available. We really don't need him. No. Uh, I didn't love the going, but there were some names there that didn't break my heart that fell off the board at all. Yeah. Uh, Talisi Fuaga is available. I thought he had a really strong day yesterday. Um, Yeah, very you got Brian Thomas, you got Quinian Mitchell, Tyler Guyton. Um, there's a lot of different, a lot of offensive linemen there that would really fit the bill. Um, what, Mitchell's attractive, Guyton's attractive, Volga's attractive. I would bet JPJ's probably still available as center. Yeah. And remember the same. Um, if we're not trading back, some of these answers would be made by now. I mean, did they sign a center? Did they sign right, a right. But all things being equal, do you lean any direction? I mean, I would think like Guyton's one of the rarest guys out there, but I think as we stand right now, they're a little better at tackle than they are center or corner. I hear you. Um, that's a tough uh, That's a tough one. Um, it is. Even Guyton versus Fawaga is a tough one it, because I think Fawaga starts right from the start and is a right tackle and is a masher, where Guyton, I don't know if he'll need time, but he's a different style. He's a, he's a left tackle all the way. Yeah. I mean, he's been playing a lot of right down there, but I think he's built like a left and you leave Jones at the right. And Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be the decision that you would have to make in that situation. Okay. Do we, do we want to move Jones over to left tackle and plug in a, a right tackle right away or do we want to? 
go get this kid who might be an elite left tackle uh, and just leave Jones at right tackle. All right, which is a hard thing to tell. You know, does Jones have a major preference? Do they think he's better at one or the other, all things being equal? If you're you know, starting from scratch, would you rather him play left or would you rather him play right? Or is it, you know, is it to compliment to the kid, is he just going to be pretty equal at either one and you can get either side in the draft? Yeah. Um, What's looking at you most out of that group? I would probably go with the – I'd probably go Guyton. He's pretty darn impressive. I think if you get you know the opportunity to take a, a a solid left tackle, even if you've already got one, the only problem is you know that you run into um, down the road. Do you, do you end up with an Orlando Brown Jr. situation where Roderick Jones two years from now says, "You know what? I'm a left tackle, and I want to go play left tackle, and I'm going to want left tackle money when I hit the hit the open market." Um, either trade me or let me play left tackle. Which isn't a terrible problem to have, is having two really good left tackles. <laughs> right, right. And I've thought about this. I don't know if it's the best plan of attack, but I, I think you could also ask Daniels to play center and see if Moore is your right guard. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate that either. I mean, you're moving a bunch of pieces around, but that's what you do in the offseason. Yeah. That's what the offseason for. You may have signed a center by now or, you know, other options are going to uh, show up. But There'll be some guys available, yeah. I mean, the, the thing with doing a mock right now is none of us, you're not going to fill every need, you know, because free agency already happened. You don't know who you brought back, you know, so we're just kind of drafting talents we like, you know. What's your feeling? You lean one way or the other? Uh, I'm sorry. I think I broke up there. I, I'm cool with Guyton. I, I'd have a really hard time passing on him. All right. So Guyton's the pick. All right. We're back up at 51, and we got some trade offers. I'm going to reject that. We only have one. Guess who is also available here now? Your favorite center? At 50. Or where are we at? No, we're not at 50. We're at 51. Jackson Powers Johnson is still available. But he's not the only guy still available. Leonard Taylor is okay. there. Jackson Powers Johnson, Troy Franklin, Devondre Sweat, uh, Jatavian Saunders, Sanders, the uh, big tight end out of Texas, Malachi mm-hmm. Corley, Braylon Trice, Kalen King, Jalen Ford, Michael Hall Jr., Patrick Paul is still there. I, it's just, this is such a deep offensive line draft. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just know it. How would we have taken Guyton in round one? I mean, I'm thrilled with it, but the fact that there's all these dudes still available is pretty awesome. Yeah, which kind of goes back to what you know, kind of what I've I've been talking. Like, this is such a deep draft with offensive linemen. I think you could you could wait to take one in round two. It wouldn't be the worst thing. No, no, it wouldn't. I mean, if DeGene were there or something like that, I mean, it, it would be. There, there's a lot of options. I, I still don't know the best plan of attack of where to get the things you need, you know, the, the the best sweet spots. But I think we have to take Powers Johnson. You got to take Powers Johnson. Like, uh, you just have to. Have to, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I could see a lot of teams, I could see the Steelers having a first-round grade on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could be, you know, even if I'm you had guessing. signed one in, in free agency, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't I, care. 
Yeah. You just add a player like that all day long and really make it a strength. Okay, we're it. we're back up here now at 84. The top players available. Patrick Paul is still there. Okay. Um, Bucky Irving, the running back out of Oregon. Jalen McMillan, the wide receiver out of Washington. Adisa Isaac, the edge rusher out of Penn State. Will Shipley, the uh, running back out of Clemson. Braylon Allen, the big running back out of Wisconsin. Peyton Wilson, the uh, linebacker at NC State. I thought um, his arms measured in at just over 30, 30 inches yesterday or Monday mm. down here. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. It is. Uh, James Williams is safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can hear Roman Wilson, the wide receiver out of Michigan, had a good day. Uh, you got like I saw to him a lot. Yeah. Here's an interesting one for you though. Mike Sanistrill is there. I wish he was participating. That it didn't. Didn't. Uh, yeah. Mobile. Boy, he'd fit. Tough guy, leader, slot. But I, really, I really high level slot in the third round. Yeah. You mentioned Millen from Washington, the receiver. I thought he was intriguing. But I think Sanders Strill's more appealing to me. I mean, tough guy. He would be hard to pass on in that neighborhood. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think he's the pick. Yeah. Maybe even signed an outside corner by then or live with Peterson for a year. Who knows? I mean, but, you know, see what Trice can do, but he would play and play a lot. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing about the Steelers draft is they have 119 and 120. So Mm -hmm. we're looking here at um, back-to-back picks. So you got Johnny Dixon, the cornerback out of Penn State, Cam Hart, the cornerback out of Notre Dame, Marshawn Lloyd, the running back out of USC, Thomas Harper, safety out of Notre Dame, Ricky Pearsall, wide receiver out of Florida. He's good. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Bailey, the running back at a TCU. Tanner Bordelini, uh, the center out of Wisconsin. I thought he had a rough day yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Jacob uh, Cowling, the wide receiver out of Arizona. Uh, Tyler Davis, a defensive tackle out of Clemson. You got Jermaine Burton. You got uh, – I... I don't know a ton about Davis out of Clemson, but I think he's a very raw, super athlete project type that just – it's kind of on my radar. Yeah. Um, I really like Pearsall. Pearsall here. That's the name that came to – I mean, we, we got back-to-back picks. I think one yeah. of them is Pearsall. Yeah. I think you take Pearsall, and if you want to take a shot on uh, Davis here, I'm just going to look at his uh, – uh, they don't have his, his draft uh, his scouting up here yet. But, I mean, a, a big body in a defensive line doesn't hurt. No, especially an upside one that maybe doesn't have to play now, but two years from now he might have to play a lot, you know. He's six one three zero eight. Okay, I might have him a little confused then. I was thinking he was more of a 6'4", 6'5". Yeah, he's, he's more of a nose type. Yeah, I don't think that's what we want. Let me take a look here at what is available at linebacker. This rest of this draft, though, should probably be defense. Yeah, you got Curtis Jacobs, Aaron Casey, Tyrese Knight, Marist uh, Leofao. Um, none of these guys are really jumping out at me here and saying screaming. Uh, let's take a look at safety. You got Thomas Harper from uh, Notre Dame, Malik Mustafa from Wake Forest, Tyke Smith from uh, Georgia, Jalen uh, Carlisles from Missouri, Kenny Logan from Kansas, 
Um, I think Smith from Georgia is also a slot, but we just drafted a slot. I could always use a nice young safety to add to that. Yeah. I think they'll probably sign a safety and draft one when it's said done, like probably in this neighborhood. Yeah. Give you a nice trio. Um, I'm fine with it. I mean, a safety is certainly required and would help special teams right away. All right. Tyke Smith it is. And now we get a little bit of a wait there before we get to our yeah. next pick. And, and it is up here at 196. Let's see here. If you're looking at quarterback, Austin Reed, Eric Carter, Bradley, Devin Leary from Kentucky, Brennan Armstrong, uh, Davius Richard, Tanner Mordecai. No, nobody really jumping out there at me saying that yeah. oh, we got to go sign that guy. Um, how about Leary? Another- I guess he had an awesome shrine ball, shrine, shrine bowl week, but I'm not sure that that makes you all that much better. Yeah, I don't know that it does either. Um, let me take a look here. Um this is where this draft really kind of falls off. I mean, once you get through those first hundred or so picks, it gets a little weak after that. Yeah. I mean, part of that's my, our lack of knowledge of these guys at this point. I mean, I'm sure there'll be targets we like here a month from now, two months yeah, from now. Yeah, no doubt. But but a lot of the experts have said, too, that this is a very top-heavy draft. You know, that there was not a lot of juniors uh, declared. Um there's still some COVID stuff. People are staying in school a little bit more that the bottom of this draft isn't great. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I'd consider a linebacker here. Now, let's see. There's, let's see if there's anybody here that I, that jumps out at me. Mm, eh, yeah. Not great. Um, yeah. Nagamita from Wisconsin, Omar Speets, uh, linebacker from LSU. Um, he's okay. Yeah, so that's not bad. Uh, the names you threw out there, that's – he could be in the mix before long. It's yeah, 6'1", six, six, 237, so he's got the size. He 300 tackles uh, the last three years for him. Um, so he is – he gets to the – he gets to the to the to the ball. That was at Oregon State. He transferred to uh, LSU. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, let's let's take Omar Speets. That works. Picks are right in a row. And then just our last pick is at 237. And I don't know any. Uh, how about Tory Taylor, the punter from Iowa? I was the punter. <laughs> That would make everybody happy. Yep. And he yep. was the punter at Iowa, so he's he was very busy uh, over his college career. Yep. A lot of defense, not a lot of offense. All right. So we came out of that draft, Matt, with Tyler Guyton oh. in the first round, Jackson Powers Johnson in the second. We went heavy O-line. Heavy um, O-line. Mike Sandstro uh, at cornerback in, in, at pick 84. Ricky Pearsall at pick uh, 119. Tyke Smith. Uh, the safety out of Georgia at pick 120. Omar Speets, the linebacker out of LSU at 196. And punter Tory Taylor at pick 237. I like it. I mean, especially the two the two O linemen are 
massive gains. You know, you you go three basically first round O linemen in two years. You've rebuilt you your offensive line, line, yeah, yeah. I mean, you may have one of the best in the league before long. That makes a lot of problems go away. And then, then you spend some money on defense. You know, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that was uh, Pro Football Network's uh, mock draft simulator. Uh, we didn't make any trades. We had trade offers, but that we just uh, passed on those. Let's get to a break. He is the Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And, uh, Matt, I'm looking here at a, a, a piece on CBSSports.com by Chris Trep, uh, Trapasso. Uh, NFL trends that will carry into the 2024 season, motioning at the snap, yards after catch, and staying true to your identity uh, is kind of the uh, the, the feeling. All right. um, so looking here at some of the trends that they, fe- they feel are, are going to uh, continue to grow here, and the first one is motion, motion, and more motion. Okay. Uh, the 49ers run motion, pre-snap motion, 70.4% of the time. The Chiefs are the fourth biggest motion team at 60.5% of the time. These are two teams that that use the pre-snap motion a ton. Now, on the other side of that, the two teams that they beat, the Ravens motioned at the snap 28.2% of the time, and the Lions were at 28.9%. Okay. Well, I think the Steelers are going to get a, a bump in it, for one thing. I think a lot of it is quarterback dependent. And you see much, much less of this now. But, like, Peyton Manning didn't like a lot of pre-snap motion because he loved to come to the line of scrimmage and see what they would do, you know, as opposed to trying to dictate what they would do. He wanted a real static formation, Marvin on the right, Wayne on the left, and just read the defense deep into the snap. Burrow has some of those qualities too, but nowadays you just can learn so much from any kind of motion that I think it's crazy not to utilize it. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the advantages the NFL gives you. So take advantage of it to no end. And particularly in Miami and, you know, we're seeing different types of motions, orbit motions and stuff behind the quarterback. Yeah. The, the, the motions right at the snap. Yeah. Um, there was a play, and I, I can't remember which game it was, um, but I want to say it was Kansas City, where they started the motion, the receiver um, behind the quarterback, and you see the the, the the cornerback go with him, defensive back go with him, and then when he gets two steps past the quarterback, the receiver stopped and took off back to the left. He was going left to right. He took off back to the left. The defensive back, who's behind the line of you know behind the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball, he just kept jogging across the the formation, thinking that okay, he's just gonna he's gonna go, uh, go across here, and boom, that's yeah. an easy completion out to the flat because because of the motion, you skimmed yeah, that yeah. guy open. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's very much here to stay, and I think it's a fun way of creating mismatches right off the snap. You know, in this has been around for a while, but jet motion with a Tyree kill screaming at you slows down that edge pass rusher that he's coming at dramatically. Uh, it scares people to death if he's going to get the ball. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that you didn't see 
full speed motion was really rare. You know, it was a lot of jogging behind the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. But now guys get up to speed when the ball snapped and you're sitting there flat footed as defensive back. Like, man, I got to catch up with him now. That's tough. Yeah. That's a, that's a trickle down from the college game that, uh, yeah. you know, it, it really, it's, it's kind of a trickle down from like the CFL in the arena leagues. CFL way of doing things. Yeah. So, I mean, the NFL coaches do learn from these things. Um, you see, see something cool like that or something that works, why not use it? Uh, the second one here is long live yards after the catch. Okay. Number one and two teams in the act this year, the 49ers and the Chiefs. Wow. By design. By design. And, and the, Chiefs Steelers, even- the Steelers yeah. couldn't have been far behind that. No, they did quite well in that. That was something that got a lot better this year. And I think it, I mean, I don't know the numbers on it, but it certainly in Tennessee, Arthur Smith had a lot of A.J. Brown yards after the catch, usually off play action, freeze those linebackers, crossing route to a big receiver. Had a lot of success with that type of thing. The Niners are always number one, and that's by design. And they do so such a good job of acquiring guys that are phenomenal with the ball in their hands. The Chiefs kind of surprised me, though. I mean, to me, that's a testament to Mahomes, Zach, Kiersey, and Reed, because they don't really have dangerous guys after the catch other than Kelsey for his position. And, and, and Kelsey really isn't what he used to be in that regard. No, not at all. And you used to see him pinballing his way down the field for an extra 40 yards. Um, that that really didn't happen quite as much this year. Um, no. Yeah, so, I mean, Yak is a big, uh, big thing. Stay true to your identity is the next one here. Um, okay. It says, sure, sure, the great teams can uh, can and typically adapt to their opponents, exploiting weaknesses along the way. Uh, shifting game plans, overall philosophies absolutely matters. Uh, teams that can only win one way can find advancing in the playoffs an insurmountable challenge. Um, while those theories are sensible, winning crunch time, particularly in January, teams must lean on what they do best. And... Uh, I really thought that's what kind of saved the Steelers season a little bit. Yeah, hundred percent. Sure did last year. I mean, post post buy in 2022, let's get back to roots. Let's, you know, and save the season to some degree. I mean, it wasn't as successful, but this year I thought the same, you know, that when the going got tough, get back to what you do best and run the ball with physicality. Like, I think this has kind of, like, plagued the Bills over the years. You know, the Bills are starting to realize we need to run the ball more. But – and they ran into a, a weird situation this year. But it, I, I think sometimes you build yourself – you know, we always talk about that year that the, the Steelers built themselves to beat the Patriots. Well, then you're not staying true to your identity. You're reacting to somebody else's, which right, isn't right. necessarily so, you know. Yeah, not the best way to to do it, I I think. And I again, you, you don't even know that you're going to play that team. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, so I think you do what your roots are. You know how you've been built for years, and of course you tweak that, and you realize that there's some error in your ways here and there. But some teams you just know. I mean, the Ravens, you just know what you're going to get. You know, I mean, the, the, there's there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. Um. I think that's those are his three trends. So okay, I is there anything that. else that you can think of? I was trying to think of like defensive stuff, you know, like 
Speaking of the Ravens, they did such a good job with like simulated pressures. Yeah. Yeah. To get pressure without blitzing the house, you know, like if I can force the ball out of their hands on how hot routes, even though I'm not blitzing through Sims or pseudo blitzes or different stunts, things like that. I think that's something people are really looking to. We also, also, we're also seeing, uh, uh, have teams really backed out of that playing more cover two stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's it's working. Great. It is working. It is working. And just from a personnel perspective, I think we're really at kind of a crossroads at the linebacker position because you draft these guys high and it takes them too long to, to get good. And, but boy, having Roquan or Warner or one of those dudes is such an advantage. Is it worth paying them more on the open market than they've been getting if they're true every down linebackers? Or do you take the Eagles approach and just kind of be crappy there and suffer? You know, that, that sure didn't treat them well this year. It but did it not great. work this year. Yeah, I was going to say that, that is, as much as it worked for them last year or two years ago, yeah. this past season, you might see them kind of uh, say, you know what, that's not the way we're going to do it. And, and to reevaluate, yeah. Yeah. And reevaluate that we can't just we can't just have just bodies back in our our back seven. Yeah, and they've always stressed corners, but outside guys, I don't think you can be bad at safety and linebacker intentionally. I mean, talk about after the catch. Well, who do you think you're attacking after the catch? It's those guys, right? And that's a a big part, you know, a big trend right now. Um, you're yeah, getting the first, middle, middle of the field. Yeah, the good the good offenses are going to exploit that, and and uh, you just can't do it. You can't be bagged there. Like I can see Kyle Hamilton not being the fifteenth pick, but being the sixth pick, you know, going forward, or just middle of the field big guys that are versatile. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, that's an interesting article there. Um, I do, I do think that uh, you know those trends we're going to see more of. Could we see? Because of this draft, we mentioned that we, we haven't really talked all that much about the cornerbacks, but mm-hmm. the cornerbacks in this draft this year, a lot of big physical corners again. Yeah. Could we see the league start to, to trend 10 more towards, hey, let's get back to playing uh, more. Yeah, you can still play cover two, but cover two man. And let's get up and press these guys. I think deep down, that's what defenses want to do, but they just kind of fear that they're overmatched. Uh, it's a great question. I mean, the league plays less man than people realize. When, and I don't always trust the percentages because I think it's hard to tell sometimes. Right. But lower than you think. It's not 50-50. It's lower than you think. Yeah, the heavy, the heavy man teams in the NFL are still only playing man 50% of the time at most. I know. And I, I think if you asked a lot of defensive coaches, they would love to get to the point where they could play two out of three snaps in man, you know, and just beat up guys at the line of scrimmage. But I I think that's if, – if the quarterback play across the league isn't great, which it isn't, especially once injuries hit, you can live in zone and make the quarterback complete pass after pass. You know, it, it, they usually inevitably screw it up or a holding call or whatever. It's not as fun a way to play defense, but it is pretty stable. Yeah, I just know, you know, watching the Ravens on Sunday against Patrick Mahomes, in that first half they tried to play a lot of zone against him. Yeah. And he was he was just like, okay, you want to do that? I'm just going to keep 
throwing these eight-yard completions and we're just going to move the ball down the field. And then in the second half, they switched it up and played more man and, and Mahomes had trouble. Yeah, I think they don't I think they don't scored three points or zero or whatever in the second half. They didn't half. score it all in the second half. Or yeah. No, I I think you'd love to play more man. Now I always talk about the the D line advantage over the O line. I do think the receivers in the league are clearly better than the corners in the league as well. The discrepancy's not as bad. But if you had two, I mean you've Sauce Gardner and another guy, or you know, if you had two like the right, you know, the the Dolphins wanted to do that. They had Howard and Jalen Ramsey. You know, like you could be so much different than your opponents if you were the man heaviest team in the league with two outside corners and you know, sitting there thinking somebody opposite Porter that can come down and mess you up with you at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about more of the, uh, a little bit more in the final segment. He is right. Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back to finish up the show right after this. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And, uh, Matt, I think one of the uh, – you're just talking about the cornerbacks. And yeah. I was looking up some stats from last year's uh, Senior Bowl. Um, oh. You know, they have the Zebra Technologies comes in and they do the uh, – Speed, you know, measure the speeds of the yeah. field and all that stuff. The fastest player here at the Senior Bowl last year, one of the fastest players, was Darius Rush. Was he really? Yeah, um, I knew he forty. Realized that. Wow. And I'm just looking here at his combine results from last year. He ran a four three six at the combine. Yeah, with good size and length, and with a one point five split, one point five one, a thirty five inch vertical. 10 and uh, 10 and an inch, uh, 10 one broad jump. He's six two. He's one ninety eight. I know everybody in Pittsburgh was excited about uh, Corey Trice. Sure. Last uh, last summer. Um, to me, and I'm looking. You know, Lance Zierlein, um gave him a six point one two grade. With his uh, which which means he has you know good backup with the potential to develop into a starter. I think the Steelers getting Darius Rush, who was a fifth-round pick by the Colts last year, was a complete and utter gift. Yeah, it was. I, I 100% agree. Like, it, Frankly, I look at it like if either one of those two, Trice or Rush, hits, they could hit big, and they're both gifts. You know, like they're both way more talented than what you paid for them, which was basically nothing. I mean, you basically paid nothing. You paid a seventh-round pick for the two of them. But Rush, I mean, when we would do mock drafts last year or getting to know him around senior bowl time, I thought for sure he was going to be a day-two guy. You know, and the measurables are all – he's been in the system now for the Steelers for quite some time. He's kind of been – I don't want to say he's been forgotten, but that could pay off huge. Yeah, I know there were a lot of questions about why he wasn't active – more last year for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, it came down to special teams. I say special you know, teams. He, I think. he joined this team at midseason. Um, they didn't get a chance to work with him at all throughout training camp on the special team stuff. He was with, he was on his third team. You know, they signed him off of Kansas City's practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're lucky that that he was able to, you know, jump on a moving train, and and they that was a complete. Let's just pick this kid up 
and stash him for 2024? Yeah, I, I, I think people don't quite understand his timeline in that the Colts took Brents in the second round and they were looking for a lot of big corners. And they drafted three corners in general overall. Yeah. They, had a, they had a bunch of picks and they're the most cover three-ish team in the league. And I think Rush is more of a press man guy than an off cover three corner, despite his size. Yeah, I think they took him. In, they took him with the third pick in the fifth round because yeah. they couldn't believe he was still available. Yes, in, in the fifth round. But their room got too crowded. They had to pick between them, so he got the short end of the stick. And then I think Kansas City was sort of in a Steeler vein. Wow, we really like this kid coming out of college. We're, let's just grab him, throw him on the practice squad. And then the Steelers trumped them and said, well, we like him even more. We're willing to have him eat a roster spot all year. We like him so much, even though we're not going to count on him for anything this year. You know, so it's all about a, a move for 2024. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think I think that's like, like that's like getting an extra. Again, I you look at Lance's grade here on him. On, he, he thought he would go in round three or four. Yeah. And when we were doing our mock drafts last year, that's we were taking him in round three. You know, if we took him, it was in round three. And, and if just, you recall, it was a really deep corner draft. You know, like right. order of 32. Most years he goes higher than that. You're telling a guy that's 60, 6'2", 198 pounds, 33 and, and 3 eighths inch arms, and he ran mm-hmm. a four three six forty. Most yeah. years he goes in the second round at worst. Hundred percent, hundred percent. His tape was good. Um, no, I, I thought that was one of the best under the radar moves they made all year for the future. You know, I mean, it, 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 I, I don't hold it against him at all that he wasn't much of a contributor this season. I don't think that's why he was picked up. No, I don't. I don't believe so either. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like he's he's an extra draft pick this year. And mm-hmm. I, I think when we're talking about the twenty twenty three rookie class for the Steelers. He's he's not going to be a part of that because they didn't draft him. But in reality, he should be considered in that. And I think, you know, a year from now, two years from now, we're going to look at that and go, wow, they got a steal. Yeah, yeah, they got a a piece for free. You know, they got for a free. guy for free. Um, I assume he'll get better on special teams. Maybe that's never his forte. Or maybe and he just he's he breaks into the starting lineup next year and he's doesn't play any special teams. That's what I say. Uh, he might have to get to the point where he's in the top three mix if he's if special teams aren't his bag, and that's easier said than done. But I don't think it's impossible. Yeah, he's just a different body type to me than Trice. Trice is Trice is real thin below the waist. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got you know skinny legs, and he's he's you know he's he's, he's t- tall and lanky. Yeah. Try it. Rush has some of that, as does Porter. But, I mean, they, these guys look like freaks. They do. Yeah, I mean, the three of them, especially Trice and Porter, have real freakish length and pretty wide shoulders and narrow waists and long limbs. And Porter's used his extremely well. I mean, it's just harder to complete a pass around all that limbs and length. And if the other two are in that neighborhood in terms of using their length, they could be in really good shape. But... It's hard to count on them. I mean, like, in terms of team building, I, I don't think you can go into the season and just assume Rush or Trice is going to be in well, the I starting. Think, 
I, I think they'll have a better idea of, about Rush than they will Trice. Like yeah, they only they, they only got to see Trice last year in OTAs and training camp. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rush, they at least got to see him go out and do stuff in practice all season long. Yeah. How well is he learning? Does he take it to the field? Maybe we're not willing to throw him out there against the Higgins and the Bengals, but he's getting it. And next year might be his time to really shine in his yeah. second season. And I will say this, that the Trice was around all year long this year. Like he wasn't one of these guys that got hurt. And then they just said, Oh, you just stay away. He was in the facility every day. Okay. So, so he was stuck. going to the, he was going to the classroom and he was learning and doing those things. Um, yeah. And the D is going to be the same next year. So no, if either one of them hit is a home run, if they both hit. Wow. You know, I mean, and, and I'm not saying they have to be Dion, but if they both could be competent starters or either one of them could be a competent starter at that age that have no cap hit whatsoever, hardly any investment at all. in either one of them, at that position, it's hard to find, especially with their traits, you know, their size and speeds. I mean, those are the kind of risks that are worth taking. Yeah. It you, you, you costs you nothing to go get that guy, and why not put him on the roster and see what you got? Um, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me earlier so when we did, you know, we were talking about, you know, the Steelers grabbing the Florida State quarterback that's banged up, you know, like, Use a late round pick on a highly talented guy that has a warped or two because of injuries or isn't going to help you right now in a position that's hard to find. I'm always in favor of that. Yeah, I have no problem with that. There have been some some other years where I thought you know they should they should do that, and mm-hmm. they haven't. Just take a flyer on a guy. He's, he's, yeah. You know, if if you think he's talented, like the offensive lineman out of uh, Michigan this year. Yeah, Zinter. Um, Zinter. Like if he's there in the you know. With that second pick in the fourth round, that you know, one twenty, mm-hmm. why the heck not? Yeah, the guy, yeah. The guy was you know a potential first round draft pick until he you know hurt his you know got hurt this year. If you can get that guy in the fourth round, and and even if he doesn't play this year, so what? You still have yeah, three more years after that. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you, you can hit on a guy like that that you pay fifty cents on the dollar for once out of every two years, once out of every three drafts. It's like an extra second round pick that just falls. It's one thing life. that the Ravens have done consistently over the years, and sometimes they hit and sometimes they don't. But mm-hmm. boy, when they hit, you, I mean, it, it's 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 free money. It's a bonus prize, right? Yeah. I mean, Porter end up being a bonus. I mean, free money, but yeah. it's you know, like it's like something falling out of the sky a year later that you just waited on and you forgot. And meanwhile, your doctors and coaches have been working with them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Steeler fans, you can gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. They're located at Acrisure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit online at shop.steelers.com. That's going to do it for our show today. Matt and I will be back again tomorrow. We'll have uh, some more Senior Bowl stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm going to head over to practice here uh, now. Um, and, and check that out. And of course, Matt will be watching those on the, on TV and uh, gleaning what he can from those uh, practices. Uh, the uh, early morning session going on now. I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to the, uh, the afternoon uh, session um, than I was able to yesterday. I had a lot of stuff going on, but uh, that's going to do it for their show today. So for my partner Matt Williamson, I'm Dale Lolly. We thank you for listening to this edition of the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.
You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.